morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and today I'm thinking about a throne. I mean, we all know what a throne is and what it looks like, and maybe have seen them in movies or in real life if we travel, but I just got to thinking about a throne and the throne of God. You know, as a kid, maybe you played king or queen, you know, you look for something to wear as a crown, use a stick as a scepter, fancy chair as a throne, blanket pinned to your shoulders as the train. You know, many of us play pretended being a sovereign and, you know, ordered the teddy bears around. It's fascinating to think about kings and queens. As a young adult, I was fascinated with medieval and Renaissance history. I did travel and visited castles, saw some thrones, saw majestic paintings of famous sovereigns like Queen Elizabeth the One on her throne, and I mused a lot about her queenly life. Whenever you see a throne, the chair itself is always sitting on something raised, like a dais or a stage or steps. There's a photograph of the throne of Charlemagne that's sitting pretty high up on the top of some stone steps. First, let's look at what is a throne. The throne itself symbolizes the nature of sovereignty, and the throne has become the symbol of power and authority. Lexham Bible Dictionary defines throne as a chair or seat occupied by one who possesses great honor. It symbolizes authority, rule, and power. Next, we think of, you know, why is a throne always raised up? Well, sitting physically higher than his subjects, a king is symbolically showing that he is higher than they are in class and power and might. It also symbolically shows he is the one in authority. The Dictionary of Bible theme says, quote, a throne is an elevated seat occupied by a person with authority. It symbolizes dignity, honor, and sovereignty, and the kingdom of the king whose seat it is. Supremely, these things belong to God himself. Now let's turn to the Bible and think about how many times or where throne is mentioned. Once you begin looking, you'll see that throne is mentioned many times in the Old Testament and in the New. I got this list, once again, from the Dictionary of Bible Themes. And there's a phrase with lots of scriptures after it, which I won't read because it would just get repetitive. But you can look it up uh, on the blog. A throne as an elevated seat is mentioned several times. Throne occupied by a person with authority is mentioned uh, several times in both the Old Testament and the New. There are mentions of the thrones of the kings of Israel and the thrones of the kings of the nation. There are verses talking about a throne symbolizing dignity and honor and other verses where the throne symbolizes sovereignty, like the royal power of earthly kings. Sit upon a throne means 
to exercise royal power. This verse is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, Luke 1.32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That was Luke 1.32. All those were from the Dictionary of Bible Themes. Now the throne of God. Now if kings and queens of the earth have a special seat that indicate their high status, and their seat is highly ornate and decorated, which distinguishes it from all others, and if their throne is higher than all others, what should we think about the very throne of God? Isaiah 6.1 gives us a peek. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. We also think of Daniel 7.9, the Ancient of Days reigns. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Also, Revelation 4, 1-2 gives us a peek of this compelling place called heaven and heaven's throne room. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and someone was sitting upon the throne. Poole's commentary says, quote, A throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. God is constantly described in the prophetical visions as sitting on a throne. This denotes his power and dominion, and that he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now let's think about when the verses say, at his right hand. Jesus is seated, and moreover, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. What does it mean to be seated and be at the right hand? This quote is from Grand Canyon University. The line, he sits at the right hand of the Father, has both theological and practical implications. The right hand is seen as a place of honor and status throughout the biblical text. When the Bible makes statements that Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, it is affirming that he has equal status to the Father within the Godhead. And we see this in 1 Peter 3.22, which says, Who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven, after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Now Christ is on his throne, as is his due. He is reigning and sustaining all things by the power of his word. He is ministering among the lampstands and keeping a watchful eye on his elect. I'll read this quote from Spurgeon from his sermon, Christ Exalted. He stood in the sinner's place 
and the guilt of all his elect was imputed to him. God accounted him as a sinner, and as a sinner, he could not enter heaven until he had washed away all that sin in a crimson flood. And the fact that the Father allowed him to ascend up on high, that he gave him leave, as it were, to enter heaven, and that he said, sit at my right hand, proves that he must have perfected his father's work and that his father must have accepted his sacrifice. Continuing with Spurgeon, from this we gather that the dignity which Christ now enjoys is a surpassing dignity. There is no honor, there is no dignity to be compared to that of Christ. No angel flies higher than he does, save only the great three-in-one God. There is none to be found in heaven who can be called superior to the person of the man Christ Jesus. He sits on the right hand of God, far above all angels, principalities, and powers, and every name that is named. His Father hath highly exalted him, and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. All things in heaven, and all things on earth, and all things under the earth. No dignity can shine like his. The sons of righteousness that have turned many to God are but as stars compared to him, the brightest of suns there. As for angels, they are but flashes of his own brightness, emanations from his own glorious self. He sits there, the great masterpiece of deity. That was Spurgeon in his sermon, Christ Exalted. He certainly has a way with words, doesn't he? Well, I'll conclude with this. The only true throne is the one upon which Jesus sits. The only true sovereign power is the one that emanates from the throne upon which Jesus sits. His throne is the pinnacle in all the universe. The person who sits on it is not only the most powerful, most sovereign, most authoritative, highest person in the universe. If you are saved by grace through faith, he is also your friend. You will see this throne, and we will all bow to him on the day. What a joyous moment. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it, and I hope you have a wonderful day.